Welcome back. You're listening to the One Two Three Show this afternoon with me, Karen Coe. It is one thirty-four, and we're going to turn to our first guest of today. So this week is Anti-Bullying Week in the UK, which is a week of awareness activities in schools designed to to really shine a light on the problem of bullying and also ways to help resolve the issue. And bullying, of course, is a universal problem. Um, joining me now to talk more about it is Dr. Amanda Oswald Vischer, Director of Psychological Services at Spot Children's Centre. Amanda, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on to talk about this. Um, and I'll let listeners know we're also on Facebook Live. So if you go to my Facebook page, Karen on RTHK Radio 3, you can see Amanda as well as uh, hear her there. So Amanda, although it's anti-bullying week in the UK and it's not in Hong Kong, doesn't mean we shouldn't you know, make note of it and be aware of it. First of all, how how do you define bullying? You know, when does, you know, something, some behavior go from being okay to not okay? Well, I think that's a really good question. It's taken a lot of experts trying to figure out what exactly that means. Um, but the key is an abuse of power and a repetition over a long period of time. So kids will jest and scoff and roll their eyes temporarily and we're all trying to figure out the pecking order and social dynamics but when it becomes over a course of a long period of time and it's either psychological or physical and now we're talking about cyberbullying um, where it's abuse of um, either social standing physical abilities um, even right now, intellectual and academic, you see this a lot with kids who have learning disabilities. So bullying can take shapes in many different shapes and sizes. So um, it's very hard to define it. Mm. So give us an idea of some of those different forms mm. that it can take. Well, physical is the standard one that you see on you know, TV yeah. dramas, Mean Girls. Um, and then you have the psychological, which is actually, as you get older, even into adulthood, is the more prominent one, um, where it can be ignoring somebody, isolating them, um, taking their pencil when they're not looking. Um, I have a kid whose food gets spit on every day, and oh. um, a client of mine, say, yeah. and eye rolling, the giggles every time you raise your hand in class, just a feeling where you're hopeless and helpless and isolated. Uh, that's a psychological one. And then cyberbullying, you see, uh, it's, it's heartbreaking. You see, I've seen so many kids have to leave schools and who have developed eating disorders because they've been targeted by sexual predators or there's these online anonymous chat, chat mm -hmm. rooms um, and places where you can rate each other and people can give you feedback anonymously. Right. So I had a kiddo yes. just the other day, a client of mine, I call my clients kiddos. Yeah. Um, I had a kiddo who, um, whose parents found just this onslaught of um, anonymous pings about the way she looked, the way she smelled, that she should kill herself. Um, oh, yeah. so terrible. There's no escape on a cyber. Yeah. Whereas you and I, when we were kids, we, we didn't have, yeah, we yeah. didn't have that. If, yeah. if someone wanted to bully you, they had to be close to you at least or yeah. you know they had to know you yes yeah so why do children bully I mean when we when we look at kids I have three now adult mm -hmm. kids you know they're so innocent until a certain age and then where where does this behavior come from where do they learn it well in my industry um, I firmly believe there are no such thing as bad people and we're all doing the best we can with the tools that we have I work with victims as well as bullies and I actually like to stay away from both those terms because 
usually we're one in the same. I know I've been guilty of both, and I think we're guilty with our friends, with our families, with our colleagues, with ourselves, most importantly. Um, and it starts from a young age. My three-year-old just came home last week saying that a girl wasn't being nice to her, and then we found out she was just jealous because she, the girl had other friends. But um, this insecurity, I think usually, and it sounds trite and everybody says, it's more about them than you. But it's true. You know, you can't treat others with patience and dignity if you don't treat yourself with patience and right. dignity. And um, I see so many kids who are bullying because at home, maybe they're not, you know, their parents aren't engaging enough. They're going through divorce or they're too taxed with academic stress or they have learning disabilities. And so they, it's really easy to project your own insecurities onto others. Mm. And research shows, social research shows that to, the best way to unite someone is to have a common enemy. And if right. you can pick on somebody, that's immediate. You have joined forces with somebody, you're deflecting all, you know, anybody judging you and you're putting it on them. So it's a really quick and easy way to not be seen and to feel empowered. Right. So yeah. actually bullies uh, have their own insecurities, which which may be manifest by, by this behavior. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Wow. And is there an age at which it may that starts to happen or is it really <sighs> totally well, random? Well, we go through different cycles and we talk about the terrible twos and the terrible teens, but we go through this stage that people don't usually talk about between the ages of about seven and 11 where we're kind of grieving our own childhood and mm. we're not quite an adolescent. We don't get all the glory and freedom that we want or the respect that we would like. And yet we're missing all those things that we could have had when we were a kid. So we're trying to really find out who we are. And we're changing our focus from believing that, you know, we're the center of the universe and everything we do is wonderful and everything my mommy and daddy say about me is true right. to it then directing our focus back at our, our peers. And our peers really define who we are for a long time because we don't know who we are. So that's the age when we're especially vulnerable mm. is um, when we're coming into that place of trying to figure out who we are. And then that builds off into the teen years, into adulthood. And you do see kids at that age, the 7 to 11 age, becoming very aware of their own status within their their friend group or within their mm -hmm. school. And, you know, he's the cool guy or he's a nerd or he's, you know, good at math or he has a funny mm -hmm. voice or that kind of thing. So that I guess that awareness is really um, something that they're very attuned mm -hmm. to as well. Well, and you're very, you very quickly try to judge others and sum up people um, as um, superficially as possible because you're just trying to figure out your pecking order you know we're just we're at the animal kingdom there's alphas right and right. everybody wants to be at the top or at least not be noticed um, or picked on so everybody's vying for that respect we all really that's a huge drive for any human is to feel respect and admiration mm. and when you don't know how to get it then you become the victim yeah. okay so let's say we you, say someone has a child who actually comes to them and says um, someone said something mean to me or I'm, I'm being bullied you know sometimes kids don't want their parents to intervene because they feel like it's just gonna make the situation worse right mm -hmm. um, yes most kids that I see have you who have been either bullying or bullied um, have suffered for some time and 
That's for several reasons. Number one, the last thing you want to do is get, you know, your nerdy mom and dad involved. And it's going to be a big deal. And usually a parent and a teacher, um, an adult's reaction is to um, be very rigid and say, well, we have to punish them. But... You like Martin Luther King said, you know, you can't drive out darkness with darkness. You have to find the light in that person. And again, that person's doing something for a reason. And we want to lead by example. And so let's say your child comes to you and is brave enough to tell you that they're suffering or that they're making poor choices. Um, the first thing we do is listen. Listen. Don't judge. Don't try to give them advice mm-hmm. as we really want to do. Right. Um, is to just show them that they have value and let them tell their story and validate their experiences and then ask questions because we're very quick to say okay i understand what's going on but we don't know Mm. just like with my kid i'm like okay let's find out what really is going on um and so ask questions and then try and figure out what it is that that child that teenager wants from you do you do you want me to help intervene with the school? Do you want to make a plan? Do we need a break tomorrow from school? Do you just need to get away for a minute to catch your breath? Um, so give them a give them perspective and give them a plan, and just know you're on the stage. When that kid is confiding in you, the way that you react, they're learning through your modeling. Mm-hmm. If you fight back, then you're just teaching your kids to do the same. And then who's the bully then? Right, exactly. And I mean, I know some parents feel like, I have to get to the bottom of this. I need to go confront the parents of the other child. Is that really the wrong thing to do? I think you need to let the dust settle no matter what. If you have a good relationship with the parents of that other child um, and the permission of your child to say, hey, can I just find out what's up? Um, Perhaps that's an option. But go to it with clarity and with an open mind. Don't come to the other family with a problem. Come to them with a solution and say, this is what I'm hearing. What's going on in your end? Uh, Be open to that conversation because likely that family and that child has their own story and their own troubles that they're working on. And the last thing they need is for somebody to accuse them of having a naughty child. That's another word I hate. Once you label a kid as Mm. naughty or a bully, well, they pretty much become exactly what you expect them to be. So really coming at it from a place of love and support. Yeah, that requires a lot of patience and a lot of restraint, right? Yes, especially, yeah, when it's your baby, it's very hard. But, you know, for every situation, always remember that your actions speak louder than words. If you can model regulation and empathy, that's what you want. Mm. Give them the tools. There are tools you, that that child can use, even if they don't want you involved. What's the mantra that they can say to themselves? I am brave. I am loyal. Uh, things that they have facts to base on to carry them through. They're, you know, have a fun dance party every morning to an empowering song. Um, have a break room that you have planned. So no, the bully, the person who is bullying does not have to know that we're building in all of these ways to support them. Right. I have a kiddo who um, we had a teacher conference and the the uh, peer was taking all their stuff and the kid really did not want to upset the teacher because she is a people pleaser. So she didn't want to say, I don't have a pencil. Um, but after talking to the teacher, 
and she didn't want the teacher to intervene or tell the bully, she decided they decided together that she would just raise her hand and say, excuse me, I can't seem to find my pencil. And that would give the, the person who had taken the pencil an opportunity to say, oh, here it is. Oh, I see. So then it's showing awareness of the behavior without targeting either person right. and giving that the person who's being bullied a way out yes. and to know like, so I've got your back. Defusing it a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Are, are schools and teachers um, good at this? Are they equipped enough? Are they trained enough to know these strategies? Well, every teacher is different. And I think Hong Kong schools have come so far in the last decade since I've been here, um, especially with the increase of suicides um, a few years ago. A lot of schools have counselors. I know... Um, I know schools have anti-bullying campaigns, and we do talks at different schools. They have social skills groups where either kids who are having trouble controlling their behaviors go, or kids who just need some respite. They need other kids who feel and think like them. So I think that we've come a long way. There's always a lot farther to go, and we're finding so many wonderful and genius ways to pick on each other, so we're always gonna have to keep up. Right, exactly. So let's talk about, Amanda, the, the online bullying, which of course yeah. is a relatively new phenomenon because people didn't have the internet and mobile phones and all these apps, you know, um, not so long ago. We actually mm -hmm. have a question from a, a, someone who's watching the Facebook Live um, asking which are the social media apps our kids should be avoiding, say kids under 15. <laughs> all of them? <laughs> I um I want I was thinking about listing some of them mm. earlier but I feel like really targeting those apps is a little bit of a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. First of all, there's so many different apps and I couldn't even begin to tell you. Anything that is anonymous. There are interfaces that you can log on um I have this client who uh was up late studying and then um somebody was on this anonymous website and all they have is a video feedback and somebody typing so you're not directly talking little did we know that this girl on the other side of the video was on a loop and mm. that that person eventually provoked the other girl to show her her private parts and then they tried to blackmail her and so she had that moment where it's like oh my gosh the whole world's gonna see me oh and trying to keep that secret from other um, from other her parents thank goodness they asked for help but you see all these anonymous feedbacks right now which is really scary because the problem with online is you get immediate gratification and you don't see the ramifications and you don't see how how many times have we sent off an email you're like okay that's just how I feel I'm whoosh and you're like right that might have been a little harsh right. I should have like self-edited a and bit you can't take it back and we're not teenagers mm. and teenagers don't their frontal lobe isn't even developed yet so they don't have the executive functioning to say mm, probably a week from now I'll cool down and I won't like my actions they don't have that yet uh, so online it's really dangerous. You don't have to confront the person and you can say and do anything you want in real time and you got that surge of dopamine and adrenaline and you can't take it back. It's mm. all permanent. It doesn't feel permanent, but it's forever. Right, right. And so, you know, it is, and also for the person who's who's being bullied online, um, they the attacks can happen at any time you know if they're yeah. on their phone it's really like at a whole new level because the person attacking them doesn't have to ever confront them face to face how mm. how do you 
you know, if, if someone is not willing to tell you I'm being bullied online, are there any signs that they are, any, you know, telltale signs? Well, one of the things I would encourage parents to do is may have, you know, a no screen policy in bedrooms if possible. I know that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have that open dialogue before you even allow kids on screens to be able to say, you know, I, my job is to keep you safe, and sometimes that means that I'm going to check in, especially if I see any warning signs. Like one of them is that your kid is more secretive, their mood changes, they're, mm-hmm. they're more secretive, they're more oppositional. Again, kids who are bullied become bullies. Um, they're more oppositional at home. They have, um, they're very secretive about their screens, so you see them texting all the time. You can see the sense of urgency mm-hmm. and then closing things. So that secretive but obsessive um, point. Also, you see kids, you know, not truant from school, having anxiety, OCD, Tourette's, uh, eating disorders. I've had several kids with uh, bullying issues who who have had to change schools or go to an eating disorder clinic because they've been mocked so badly, especially about body image, which teenagers are obviously very very sensitive. Yeah. I mean, at the very worst case, we have um, seen and heard incidences of young people driven to take their own lives because mm-hmm. of incessant online bullying. How, how can we prevent this? How can we prevent from going that far? Well, I think the number one thing is, the thing that causes suicidal thoughts and feelings is this sense that you are, there's no escape and that you're helpless and you're hopeless and will never end. And that's one of the number one risk factors for suicide for any reason. And so our job as caregivers, as role models, is to give them a way out, whether it is to just be somebody to lean on or to help them find respite, find a group, find a dance class, find um, anything that will help surround them with the things to remind them that this is just a small little sliver of life. This is is going to be the smallest percentage of day I can possibly have for you. And we want to surround you with that love and that wonderful support that shows you how wonderful you are and reminds you of all the strength that you have. Uh, Sometimes there is no escape from that person because these are small schools and it's really hard to change schools and we just have to give them everything we can outside of that setting so Mm. that they can build that strength and resolve. Okay. And then finally, maybe you can tell us what are some resources that that parents can Mm. use or even kids can use to Mm -hmm. to get themselves some help if they feel like Mm. I need to talk to someone or I need to tell someone. Mm. well, number one, the school counselor, but I know that that's often the the scariest person to go to because it's in the school. Uh, Kelly Support has some great resources. The Samaritans Hotline in Hong Kong. Uh, there's a free phone number to call that if you wanted to contact them. There's, um, oh, what is it? Uh, Bystanders uh, Revolution Online. There's a lot of good bullying websites and support again i would say parents should monitor that mm. because obviously the people going to these sites are are primed to be victimized again and there's also wonderful things to just you know watch and see there's wonderful podcasts the brene brown um books and and netflix uh what else making sure also that that if you are being cyberbullied that you do talk to the it the right. tech at school because usually these kids have school computers and making sure that anything is being taken care of on that front as well. Yeah. Well, so Amanda, although 
there's a lot of sad things we talked about. Um, it's gr- it's great that there are resources there and there are ways that that families can cope. And always important to keep people full of hope and focusing on the positive about themselves. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us about this today. It's been great to have you on. Thanks. And we've been speaking with Amanda uh, Oswald Vischer, who is the director of psychological services at Spot Children's Centre about bullying. It is 1.30.